All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're back for another Boca Podcast episode. I am your host, Nathan Holritz, uh, certainly host of the show, CEO at Photographer's Edit as well, photographersedit.com. And I'll just give uh, the company a little shout out there. You can see there on the screen for those of you viewing. And speaking of those viewing, watching live, this is a live show. So for those of you listening to the audio, you might be like, what's he talking about putting it up on screen? We're actually live streaming to facebook.com slash Boca Podcast. Just like it sounds, facebook.com slash Boca Podcast. We're also pushing out to a YouTube channel, which we'll start sharing here soon. But in the meantime, make sure if you're not already following us on Bo- at Boca Podcast on Instagram, B-O-K-E-H-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, Boca Podcast, um, make sure that you're doing that because we'll give you a heads up for the upcoming live streams. We usually do two to three a week and then we push the audio out about a week or so after the fact. So just a heads up regarding that. Then before, we, before I introduce my guest actually today, I just also want to remind everybody to continue to look for opportunities to give back. I've been sharing about Charity Water, Dot org. I donated my $40 today before the interview. I'll pop that receipt up on screen just as accountability. I promised you all I would do that. And uh, it's amazing really what we can do, finding opportunities to even just give a little bit. It can go a long ways, a lot farther than we might imagine at times. Look for those opportunities, charitywater.org or community organizations, international organizations. There's so many possibilities. Just look for opportunities to give back a little bit more. Highly, highly recommend that. Um, it'll make a big difference, not only in others' lives, but even in your lives as well. All right. Well, I want to uh, introduce our guest for today. We have a brand new guest on the show today, actually. John Mansfield is here with me. John, thank you for coming and hanging out, man. This is going to be fun. Yes, I'm excited. Thank you, Nathan. Um, and I just wanted to say, like, I I love the charity water givings that mm. you've been you've been sharing. Um, I think that's really inspirational for for everyone. Like the like just how you said at the end there that you know even if it's just a little bit, like with a lot of people giving just a little bit, it turns into a lot and it can do a lot of good uh, to to better the world. Um, so yeah, thank you, thank you for sharing that. I, I really have enjoyed hearing that recently on the podcast. Oh, cool. Well, thank you for saying that too. And and of course, it's it's not a, a means of kind of tooting my own horn, if you will. I just want it. In fact, I was really, I I felt um, uh, convicted. I, I grew up in the church, so I use the church word there. But I I felt very convicted um, about I guess the lack of things that I was doing, money that I was giving to organizations mm-hmm. like this. I, and I had been giving to Charity Water for, for years at this point now, I guess it's been, and our company's been tied to it, but I just, I knew I could do more. I wanted to do more. And ultimately I just wanted to kind of echo one of our guests, Sean Lee, who'd been on the podcast um, not too long ago, actually, his emphasis on the need to certainly look for opportunities in our local community, but ultimately to give. I was very inspired by that. So thank you for the encouragement and and thank yeah. you for just really reemphasizing the need for us all to, to look for opportunities. That $40, it's crazy. That $40 translates to clean drinking water for an individual, which is really yeah. cool. Which is crazy. Yeah. Because we don't think $40 is, is all that much. I mean, $40 may be quite a bit to you. I know $40 is is a lot in some aspects of my life. Yeah. Um but like for drinking water for an entire person uh in the world that is it's really awesome how you can literally change a life uh with just 40 bucks. Absolutely. Oh, $40 still feels like a lot to me. Like if I had $40 cash <laughs> in my hand, I, I grew up oh, yeah. in a family that didn't have a lot of money. So 40 bucks in my hand, regardless of what I make now, it still seems like something significant. And yet I realize in the scheme of things, big picture, it's not. And that's why mm-hmm. I felt like, you know what? I need to do more. 
Uh, so this is just one more way that I could get involved, and, and I'm stoked to do that. But um, thanks for, yeah. for the kind words as well and the encouragement to everybody out there. And you know, I should ha- actually have this written out, but for anybody listening or watching, it's charitywater.org. And um, quick search, you'll find it. Plenty of information there, and um, you can look for opportunities to give. All right. Well, I, John, first of all, part of the reason I'm excited today, I have to say, and kind of break the fourth wall for our listeners, is you also have a podcast um, and it's fun to interview other podcast hosts because I, I, I don't know, I tend to think that the conversation flows a little bit more freely. Um, I'm going to pop this up on screen for everybody who's watching live, but then for those listening as well, light dark co, just like it sounds, co.com. Yes. Um, talk to us a little bit about your podcast as well. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, we're, it's it's very uh, kind of similar. Lots of lots of interviews. Sometimes I'll have some solo shows, um, but really just helping photographers, um, you know, grow their business uh, while building community um, and and having fun do it doing it. You can see that uh, if you're watching this live. Uh, yeah, popped up right now. But um, yeah, it's it's something that I wish that I had had starting off as hmm. um, I I lacked community. I. I really didn't even meet another wedding photographer or photographer in general um, for probably three years that would, that would give me the time of day and, uh, and actually just like get to talk and like the whole community over competition mindset. And, uh, and yeah, it was just something that I wanted to put out there for uh, aspiring photographers and even those who have been in the business, excuse me, been in the business for, for years just to have that community and a place to, um, you know, gain inspiration from other photographers and, uh, and implement stuff into your business. So it's great. And you make a really interesting couple of interesting points, actually one, having a resource to be able to go to. I mean, there are a lot of resources out there these days. We can get on Google and get a college education with, without a problem. Right. And it's free. Right. Oh yeah. The, the caveat is it's not always that personal. So to actually have a channel or a series of maybe two or three channels that we can go to, um, where we can, I don't know, we get to, we get to kind of quote unquote, get to know that person, the host in this case of the podcast mm-hmm. and then learn along with them. That's one of the things I, I, I enjoy about being a host is, I'm not, I'm not hosting a podcast because I feel like I know everything. And in fact, it's way more fun for me when I'm being educated along with our listeners. I think that's a lot of oh, yeah. fun. Um, oh, so yeah. I, they can learn along with us, which is, which is really great. And we ultimately give them a place where they can go. You talked about community, and, and I want to use that just as a quick segue to encourage anybody who's watching or listening live right now, make sure you chime in, ask questions, make comments, send us funny emojis if you want to. But that's part of the benefit of this live stream. It is something new that we just started doing not very long ago. And we're going to kind of figure out ways to build on it, but definitely take advantage. And for those of you listening to the audio version after the fact, make sure that you come join us for a few live streams and engage in the conversation. We do want it to be a community. I love that you highlight that. Let me actually transition. um, and, And this is a great segue actually for this next question or my first question really about brand position. And I'm going to pop your, your podcast site back up again, because you did a beautiful job of this brand position statement at the top above the fold without having to scroll down. We talk Mm -hmm. about brand position a lot. And sometimes a photographer will have a position statement on their site, but you have to scroll and go looking for it. You've got it there at the top of the page. So kudos to you for that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yeah. I've learned that uh, from listening to your podcast. I did not have a brand position uh, years ago uh, when I first heard about Boga. And then I was like, mm. oh, brand position. What is this? Okay. Um, (laughs) So yeah, thank you. Thank you for being consistent and talking about brand position 
um, throughout the years. It's, it's definitely helped a lot of us out there. Well, but I, you know, in a day where we're dealing with so many different, I mean, we talk about podcasts, there are, I think over a million, oh. 1.1, 1. 1, 1. 1.2 million podcasts now. I think it's the last oh, yeah. number I heard something and like more that. more every single day. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Because it's the thing to do. Kind of like <clears throat> blogging, you know, whatever, 10 years ago. Uh-huh. Um, so it's getting, it is crowded. Uh, but then the photography space is also crowded as well. So that's why we talk a lot about the significance of brand position is because we need that. We, we need some way to immediately tell somebody who's landed on our page, hey, this is why you should even pay attention. This is what yeah. makes us different than the million other podcasts or the million other photographers that are out there. I think that's why it's super powerful. You do this, and I'm going to pop back to the browser here. For everybody listening in, I'm looking at, at uh, John's site, his podcast site, lightdarkco.com. It says, build your business, grow your community, have fun doing it. Um, you understand what kind of information you're going to get there. And then I'm going to jump over to his, oops, hit the wrong button here. All kinds of wrong buttons. All right. <laughs> let me jump back over to um, your photography website. And for everybody listening in, it's allheartphoto.com, just like it sounds. We'll put all this in the show notes, of course, at bocapodcast.com. But I, I love this. You deserve more than stiff, awkward photos. Yeah. And so now you're set oh, yeah. the tone. It's, it's an interesting kind of non-statement statement almost, right? You're, you're talking about what it is that they deserve and they can infer from that the type of brand that they're about to engage with. Talk a little bit more about that. Um, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to do. I didn't like, I don't, I don't feel comfortable being pushy. Um, I think, uh, just like the way that I was raised and also like my whole, uh, personality and Enneagram and all that, all those kind of things push toward, um, me not being so, uh, salesy and pushy. So I wanted something that was a little bit more where they would infer like, Oh yeah, I deserve more than awkward stiff photos. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to assume that this guy can take some photos that are not going to be awkward and stiff. So I'm going to keep scrolling. Um, and also tried to match that with the photos. Like I have, you know, a little slideshow of five or six photos that go through. Um, but I wanted to match that with photos that were not so stiff and posed and awkward and like the, the arm and arm around each other, smiling at the camera, one, two, three, say cheese type stuff that yep. we often think about. Um, you know, I, I remember growing up in the nineties, going to like Sears and going to the <laughs> photographer station yes. in Sears. And like, there's a picture with my like awkward hand on my dad's shoulder and yep. just like hand on my hip and smile, super fake smile, holding it for like five minutes. And I think a lot of people think of that when, uh, cause that's like the only time that I ever had my photo taken by a professional. Um, growing up. So then once we started looking for a wedding photographer, that's what I had in mind thinking of what a photo shoot was. Um, and I think a lot of yeah. people have that as well. And they're like, okay, I don't want this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's not how I want my photos to look. Yep. Uh, so I wanted to convey that on the website right away. Um, which again, you know, learning about brand position and, uh, and trying to have that up there. Well, but again, I have to give you props because it's one thing to say something. It's another thing to actually follow through on it. And that's, you know, part of having mm. a strong position, brand position is actually following through in that. I'm, I'm going to state what my unique value proposition is to that potential client, but then I'm going to actually deliver on that. And, and my argument is that really our whole business, once we establish that clear and distinct brand position, we literally need to build our business around it. 
every bit of the experience that person has with us should reflect that, um, which honestly kind of plays well into what our conversation, kind of our primary points of conversation later in the, the day or later in the conversation um, yeah. is going to be about how to bring really great energy to the interaction with the clients. If they already get the impression when they land on your site that you are not the stiff photographer, that you like to have mm-hmm. fun, you like to kind of step outside the box and be creative, um, then you've got to deliver on that when they actually get a chance to meet you. And we're going to talk about how you do that here in, in just a little bit. But I want to keep going. Lots of questions yeah. here. Um, okay, second cool. question that I usually ask our guests has to do with customer experience. So you've created this, this brand. You know what your brand represents. You get the opportunity to begin to interact with a potential client and then maybe a client. Is there a big idea that drives what you feel is a really great customer experience for your clients? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I agree. Customer experience is like one of the top main things that we should be focusing on. Um, and really for me, it's knowing my customers and, um, and not just, you know, treating them like a number or like who, okay, cool. I'm going to hit 25 weddings this year if they book. Um, but really getting to know them, um, be, and and not just the the like knowing things about them like you know I, I think a lot of us whenever we meet with with couples uh, specifically I'm you know mainly a wedding photographer sure. um, so whenever we meet with couples we're like hey, when did y'all start dating and you know uh, how did you get engaged how yeah. like how did he ask all those things um, and and those are great questions to ask I still ask those but um, I go a little bit deeper into those as well um, and I ask like what. TV shows they like watching because that is one of the easiest ways to connect with people. It's like, Oh, you like Bojack Horseman too. Okay, mm. cool. Let's talk about Will Arnett. And you know, it's, it's, it's an easy way to kind of break down a little bit of that barrier of professionalism. Like I'm, I'm meeting with this photographer. Yep. They probably don't do a lot of, uh, a lot of meetings with photographers. Um, so it, they may be coming to it uh, with this, you know, I have to be prim and proper and I don't know exactly what questions they're going to ask. And then you start asking about TV shows and, you know, what they like doing on just like an average date night Are you know, are y'all, you know, go out into nature and like go through trails with your dogs mm. or are you movie night or, you know, uh, drive-ins or, yep you know, going bowling or whatever. Um, and I kind of get to glean some information from them as I'm asking those questions that aren't really photography related at all. Um, but they help me get to know them. And I also want to know about their fears and what they long for. Um, that way I can help, uh, reduce those fears, like looking awkward and stiff in photos. Um, (laughs) and you know what they're longing for, which is their personalities to come through Mm -hmm. in the photos. Yeah, you know, you make a great point too about how it's it's not just about simply avoiding or not avoiding, but maybe not making the main point the questions which every wedding photographer is going to ask. It's mm. about creating conversation that helps break the ice, that takes the edge off, that right. that immediately, as you pointed out, gives the impression that okay, this guy's not stiff and boring and uber professional. Like he, he's actually going to be fun to work with. We can relax, which then, of course, translates to better pictures. I imagine like if instead of and I, I met with who knows how many wedding clients over the decade or so that I shot weddings. Uh, but imagine if we started off our wedding consultations with something totally random, you know, like. So tell me about the first time you went skydiving. 
And if they've gone skydiving, yeah. then of course they're going to be stoked. First of all, they're going to be like, what in the world is he talking about? Oh my word, it was really exciting. And then they go on. <laughs> and then if they haven't, then you, know, you figure out a creative way to segue from that into something else. But just something that totally catches them off guard, breaks the ice, helps them relax a little bit. And now they understand that they're not just here to answer questions robotically, but that they can actually develop a relationship with you. Yeah. Yeah. And even like I've, I've, I've started some conversations with that. Just like, Hey, how, you know, nice to meet you, whatever. My name's John. Um, but then like, what's your favorite candy bar? Like, what is the one, like, if you see it in the store, you're just going to buy it. Um, you know, even if you're on that diet or whatever, you're like that Reese's, it looks amazing right now. I'm just going to go <laughs> ahead and get one. Yeah. Um, cause that's mine. And I love Reese's for whatever yes. reason. Um, wait, what's your favorite but, Reese's candy? I mean, there's so many different options now. Oh, uh, okay. So, uh, great, great question because okay. I love the Reese's hazelnut that you cannot get in the states. Oh. Um, I've only seen it in Mexico, okay. and it's um, it's it's not even good chocolate. It's like the uh, kind of like powdery chocolate, so it doesn't melt. But it's chocolate with hazelnut filling, and oh, it is man. amazing. And they're like you know, 39 pesos or something. It's, it's super cheap in Mexico. And, yeah. uh, anytime that I go to Mexico, I just buy all of them. Um, you should and start importing and it and reselling home. it or something. I know. Yeah, I really should because they're, they're amazing. Like if you love Nutella or something, oh, yeah. it's, it's similar, like similar flavor cause it's hazelnut and chocolate. Um, but yeah, that one's for sure my favorite, but here in the States, uh, just any old day, just, uh, classic Reese's peanut butter cup is delicious. It's so good. Yeah. You know, and speaking of yeah. Nutella too, I mean, like it feels like only in America, would you be able to go to the grocery store and buy, literally buy a jar of basically <laughs> yeah. what amounts to liquid <laughs> chocolate and just like take spoonfuls out and eat it, which I'm very guilty of. Um, oh, yeah. but it's, it's so good. <laughs> but, but I mean, this is a great example though, of that type of conversation, right? We don't yeah. have to go in business only. If we're comfortable and confident in what, we bring to the picture as far as a business is concerned that frees us up to then focus on the interaction at hand. And mm-hmm. I know that the conversations with various photographers can go different directions as far as how personal to get with an individual client. Some photographers are like, I don't have time for that. or I don't have the, the mental space for that. Others may want to give more regardless. I, th- I still think it's on us to help them feel more confident. Um, at least in this day and age, I think there's a lot to be said for that because to your earlier point on the other side of the camera, they're going to be so much easier to work with than if they're stiff and worried and don't know what to do because they're uncomfortable with you to begin with. So um, oh, yeah. I think this is a good reminder for, for all of our listeners. I'm going to keep going though. Next question for you. Okay. Free time. You mentioned your kids briefly before we started recording today. Um, yes. So you've got family, you've got a business podcast on top of that. How uh-huh. are you juggling all that? Is there a particular idea when it comes to workflow that's helped you manage your time better? Really, the best thing that has worked is um, communication, for sure, uh, with my wife and I, uh, communication of you know when she has things that she's either going to be out of the house or, or whatever that I'm going to need to um, parent the kids by myself, um, or, and the times like right now that I'm recording a podcast with you, and yeah. she is uh, solo parenting in the other room. Um, but yeah, communication, we have a physical mm. family calendar that we write out everything on. Cool. And just that, um, the act of writing, uh, it helps lock it in my mind. Um, and, uh, and then also when doing that and seeing everything written out, 
we can see when the really busy times are. We're like, okay, so this week is going to be crazy. Like this week is crazy. We have so many things going on yeah. and uh, cause we're in the process of moving and it's just, it's a lot of stuff going on right now, but yeah. like we can look at the calendar and say, okay, this, this week's going to be a little bit crazy. So we need to like kick it up into gear. Uh, but then next week we don't have a ton of things so we can uh, plan to schedule some days off to where, I'm not taking meetings or doing podcast interviews. I'm not doing photo shoots in the evenings and we can have that designated good quality family time, um, that we, we now have to schedule because it doesn't just like happen organically because we're both very busy people and we have three kids. So that gets busy as well. Uh, I, I'm laughing as you say happens organically because I think there's this, <laughs> first of all, it, it's great that you bring up this topic of, of communication. I, I think we need it just in general. It's a good reminder, oh, yeah. for, reminder oh, yeah. for us like personally, right? I mean, relationships don't happen without good communication. Good relationships mm. don't anyway. Um, and then it holds true in the business world as well. Proactive communication, it's at the root of managing expectations. Um, it's at the root of developing an ongoing relationship, a more personal relationship if the photographer wants to. It, we, we absolutely have to do it, but it has to be intentional or it doesn't yes. happen. And, and where, I, where I laughed was when you said organically, because that sounds nice. But the reality is a lot of photographers either just aren't thinking about it or they're being lazy or some combination of the above. And by the way, yeah. I've been guilty of that, too. Oh, um, yeah. A hundred percent. But yeah, me too. We, we have to we have to be intentional or in many cases, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. And then, and really it was, it was trial and error, uh, or trial by fire or whatever you want to say. But, um, but I got to a point where I was just booking because I was like, Oh yeah. Oh no, Thursday. Yeah, sure. I don't have anything on the books for Thursday. And then I would book a, you know, family shoot or a couple session out of town or something. Mm. And then I have to travel back and it's adding extra time that I'm away from the family. And, um, and it really wasn't until my calendar was just full Mm. and I was, uh, you know, I wasn't overworked because I could still do all those photo shoots and edit and everything, but the family life balance was off because I was gone so much and I wasn't looking at, uh, I was just seeing those empty days and I was like, Oh, I can fill that and make more money or I can fill that and, you know, meet Mm -hmm. another couple or whatever. Um, instead of having those designated days, uh, like, you know, Monday nights are, family night and we, we just order pizza and we'll watch a family movie or something. And, and that's just our Mondays. And every now and then I'll, I'll have something that has to be booked on a Monday. We had a crazy like monsoon in May where just every single day in May it was raining. So beginning of June, I had to do a couple Mondays where I had a photo shoot and, but through communication, uh, we were okay with that. And we were like, okay, we can plan for this. And it's, you know, they can still do pizza and watch a movie. I'm just not there. But, uh, is there, but yeah, you having, using a, a physical calendar, is there a reason yes. you use physical calendar versus like just a shared Google calendar or Apple calendar or something like that? Well, we also have the shared Google calendar as well. Um, just to have that, you know, on the go, we okay, can look okay. and be like, okay, yeah, the 13th, we're going to be busy. Um, but, uh, yeah, the the physical calendar just helps us as we're at home uh, and Feels just more see tangible. and we have yeah and we've now upgraded to two they're dry erase uh, calendars oh, okay. so we'll have two and then we'll we'll uh, kind of like we can see what next month is going to be because we have that one up there as well um, that's cool and and it helps us more visualize um, 
what parts of the day is going to be busy mm-hmm. and um, and which ones are, are designated for family time. Because uh, it's summer and we have a pass to the local pool and we are taking the kids as often as we can. That's cool. Um, and that is also scheduled in there. So Oh, that's, it's, that's great. It's, well, oh, yeah. it's, and yeah. that's a cool thing. I mean, we're, whether you're using a physical calendar or a digital calendar, being able to, to leverage that technology or even just the, the whiteboard, if you will, um, for the sake of collective communication, management of expectations, staying on the same page, mm-hmm. it really makes a difference. I've done it. My kids are 19 and 16, and we have a shared Google calendar, um, or a couple of calendars, actually, that helps keep us all on the same page. And, and they know, like, they may say, hey, Dad, you know, do you have a podcast today or something like that? And I'm like, hey, did you check the calendar? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> because at some point, it's, it's a lot easier if everybody's just on the same page. They know immediately, just check the calendar. They know what's going on. They can make a decision accordingly. Um, mm-hmm. and it just, it makes, it, it makes the day to day a lot easier, much more smooth. And to your earlier point, when it comes to managing expectations in the context of a relationship, it, it's, it's wonderful. It helps mitigate potential conflict. Um, keeps yes. things smooth. That's really, really it good. It definitely does. Yeah. Um, so talk to me, I mean, as, as it relates to time management, something we talk a lot about, of course, is delegation. And I still happen to own an editing company, but this is an applicable right. concept regardless is there something or some things in your business that you experimented with when it comes to, to delegation, something that you've employed in your business? Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of, uh, probably like the last maybe year and a half, uh, that I've been delegating things out. Um, and it was a, it was a hard wall, uh, to get over, sure. um, because I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I was like, no, I edit these photos and <laughs> I do this my way. No one else can do it better than me. Um, but then like, hearing about uh you know photographers edit and other uh and other editors where these people like that's what they do and that's what they love doing um so i'm like of course they're probably going to do this better than i can um <laughs> and they can match my style and like yeah. there's a whole process in doing that um so yeah i i edit my or i outsource my photo editing cool. video editing um i outsource album designs uh, my wife actually does that. I outsource to her, um, nice. which she loves it. Okay. And like does the whole like zoom client consultations and going through, um, which she enjoys getting to like meet all these couples that I come home from the weddings. Mm. And then she's like, Oh yeah, y'all are the one that mm-hmm. had like the, you know, the beer burrows and stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, album design. And then I'm currently going through, uh, like recording my processes, um, uh, in just like kind of day-to-day studio management for hopefully uh, hiring in a studio manager here pretty soon. That's cool. Uh, so I don't have to spend as much time emailing like the simple yep. emails and, and, and all that. So to talk uh, to me briefly about that, if you don't mind, because this is something yeah. um, actually that's a little bit front of mind for me right now too. Photographer's Edit's been around for 13 years now and our team has, has grown at different levels mm. and one of the things that I've been thinking about more actively as of late is our processes because, you know, whether it somebody steps away from the team or um, we add people to the team or maybe in some cases just for the sake of clarity on an ongoing basis, having established processes, super, super important. Now, obviously we have Mm -hmm. a a pretty stringent workflow in place for our our editing team, production team. Um, But all, all together, collectively, especially for customer service um, and, and our brand as a whole. What is it that we represent? Um, how do we interact with clients? Um, which may seem obvious, but actually being super specific about that. And these are conversations I've had with my team. 
Oh, yeah. Um, how do we communicate about the brand? How do we handle these particular customer service situations? Um, of course, the workflow, as I mentioned, is, is pretty clearly established. But just having processes established enables us to, to kind of, well, first of all, mitigate stress because our decision-making process becomes much easier. The brand is represented more consistently. And then we're able to scale more effectively, too. So to your point, bringing somebody on, that process of bringing somebody on to delegate to or to grow the company by that can happen so much easier if we have an established system or processes in place. And we talk about this all the time, but delegation, the best experience in delegation comes from a baseline of understanding what it is that we want to begin with before we begin right. delegating. So I love that you highlight this. All that to say, I'm curious, like, what is what has that process felt like for you? What does it look like for you? Because I think a lot of photographers, the idea of delegation... It, it really in any realm is, is a bit of a foreign concept. I have to tell somebody else what I want them to do in order for them to do what it is that I do. Mm. And then of course also being willing to give up a little bit of control in that. Like it's, it's this kind of multifaceted process, but what does that look like for you felt like for you? Uh, I know it was a really long winded question, but take it away. Yeah, no, yeah, no, that's great. I'm used to long winded questions. I give those a lot as well. Um, I'm working at but, it. I'm working at it. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I followed you. It was good. Um, Really, I think um, with how it's felt, because uh, I, th I think a lot of us like solopreneurs, we're doing everything ourselves, and then delegating feels like giving up a little bit of control. Um, but whenever you're recording your processes, and it's like, yeah, this is how uh, our you know client inquiry process goes, and you do like I'm just using Zoom right now, and I'm just recording my screen, and then doing voiceover hmm. live while I'm recording the screen. I'm like, yeah, this is this, okay. and this is how I do this, okay. and just kind of like talking through as if I'm like talking to a five year old of like, yeah. this is how we do everything. Yes, and it still gives you a little bit of can that I, control. Can I interrupt you really quick? Go for it. I yeah. love I love the five year old comment. Um, and, and what everybody listening in has to, to understand is that's not about condescension. That's about simplicity. No, yes. It's, it's about yeah. understanding what it is that we want enough that we can then clearly communicate it at the level that a five-year-old would understand it. Because I think a lot mm -hmm. of times photographers take a, a little bit of self-importance, whether consciously or subconsciously, in their processes, whether it's their editing process or their shooting process or otherwise. And, and the reality is they've probably way overcomplicated it. Um, maybe don't even fully understand it themselves. If we can actually kind of downsize, if you will, simplify it, yeah. that that will indicate, at least from my perspective, a better understanding of what it is that we're trying to do. Um, and then as a result, we're able to teach that or to delegate that more effectively. What, what are your thoughts on that? I completely agree. Yeah, I, I think if we can kind of boil it down to just the basic uh, core of what it is, um, and like you're like you're trying to explain it to a five-year-old and, and really going through every little detail of it. Um, because a lot of times, you know, we, it, the longer that we're in an industry, you know, the longer that we're a photographer, we kind of forget that newer photographers or someone who's you know, going to be joining your team does not have a decade of experience. So these things may not come naturally for them as it seems to come naturally for you, but really right. it's just learned behavior over a decade of photographing or a decade of meeting with clients. It's like, yeah. Oh no, this is just how it works. Right. Um, but really you learned this. So mm -hmm. like, 
trying to teach a five-year-old, like this is how we speak to our clients. And these are our core values that we want to keep in mind as we're going through every aspect of work, whether it is, uh, you know, in-person client meetings, or if it is editing, or if it is, you know, finding, um, you know, uh, finding a studio manager or a VA or someone um, and making sure that they match the feel, match the, um, those core values that you have. Um, because I have talked to people and, and been like, Ooh, I think they would be great to bring on. And as we start talking a little bit, uh, deeper into, um, their, you know, their values and, and how they do things I'm like, Oh, okay, well maybe we're not the best fit. Um, <laughs> and we can just kind of move on and, yeah. uh, and it, and it works out. But um, yeah, I think I think that's really important to uh, just kind of boil down things because uh, it also helps you see what parts of that is yours. Like I don't know, I'm mm. just thinking of like soup or whatever. Like if you boil down a soup, you just get left with all the flavors mm. in there, and that's all the added things that are into your soup. And you know, you boiled it down, the the broth or whatever is just like the regular, like the core of all the soups and all the different photography businesses. But the seasonings in there are your seasonings. And that's what makes you, you and your studio, your studio and your style and, and all those things are the added ingredients. Uh, it kind of helps you identify those um, without a bunch of the broth everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I, I have to, the way that you talked about how this is a compilation of say 10 years worth of work, I can very much empathize with photographers when they're getting ready to, to outsource something or delegate something for the first time. They've been their own boss speaking to themselves internally or maybe out loud even uh, for all these years. They're used to their own processes. Now they have to try to communicate 10 years worth of information to somebody in the span of, you know, say, a month, uh, a couple right. of training sessions or whatever it might be. That, can be. that can be a little bit daunting, I realize. So I very much empathize with photographers, but it's a super good exercise as a proactive, intentional, intelligent business owner to, as you said, look at the, the, what the baseline ingredient or ingredients are. And then mm -hmm. I would say, to take it a step further, look at what actually matters. Look at the things that actually make the biggest difference in your business for the sake of growth and sustainability. And then kind of dial in on those and focus on those elements when you're communicating whatever that task or series of tasks are to somebody else. That'll make it easier. It is a process though. It's a process. I, and I laud you for, for making the effort. Um, I, I mean, I'd love this notion of like a library of zoom videos that you're just going to be yeah. able to share. Here's my, you know, here's my email management and here's my calendar management and here's my, this, mm -hmm. and just have those and you can share them with somebody. That's brilliant. I love that. Right. Yeah. And it's even, it's even a form of delegation because you're really delegating to your past self who was recording these videos, you know, oh, you a year down, down the road. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you don't even have to pay your past self because you already did that. And, um, but like, if you're bringing on, bringing on someone, someone new, maybe you have a VA that you're, you're going to be recording these videos for a uh, virtual assistant for anyone who doesn't, uh, doesn't know the lingo, but, um, but if you're bringing on someone and then maybe they have to move or they, well, I guess virtual assistant doesn't really matter where you live. Um, uh, but for whatever <laughs> reason, they can't work with you anymore sure. and you have to bring on someone new. You already have these videos. Mm. Uh, you already have the processes yep. ironed out so yep. you can just send them a list and like, Hey, go through this. If you have any questions, let me know. Or, you know, I'll, I'll have a little quiz for you. Uh, see if you were paying attention or, you know, playing 
best fiends on your phone. Um, I, I've heard the commercials for best fiends. I, I haven't even, I don't think I've even looked at the, the game. Is it really that great? It's, it's fine. <laughs> okay. It's, it's a, it's a time killer. Like if you just, if you want to just mindlessly do something, really? it's fine. Okay. Uh, yeah, I probably, I probably, I don't know. I probably went through like 300 levels before I was like, okay, oh, this wow. is, this is this is enough. I need to just get this off my phone. Okay, now um, now I'm actually curious. That was a total <laughs> rabbit trail, but I just heard it before. I'm like, best fiends. What in the world? Anyway, that's, yeah. that aside. Um, all right, I want to ask you one more question, and then we're going to talk a little bit about energy and our interaction with our clients. Favorite book, maybe two or three books if you want. Business book, self-help book yeah. in the last couple of years. One that's made a really big impact for you. Yeah, one, I mean, there are so many books. Um, but... One that has made a really big impact, uh, specifically this last year, um, is it's a really short book, which is great for me. I'm not a huge reader, um, okay. but it's called The Stack uh, by Sean Gordon, and um, it's it's about uh, serving your clients with albums, and that made a huge impact on me. Just the mindset shift of uh, selling to serving. Um, was great. Yeah, there it is right there. We got it right up here um, on Amazon. Shout out to Sean, who's been on this podcast, actually the most of any of our guests so far, I think like seven times now. <laughs> nice. Oh yeah. Sean's, Sean's amazing. Sean's awesome. Uh, I've, I've known Sean for years, but yeah, the stack on Amazon, um, and we'll link to this in the show notes, everything you need to know about pricing, offering and serving your clients photo albums. Mm. And, uh, you can check it out. looks like it, you said it was a pretty easy read and, and relatively inexpensive as well. Yes. Yeah. Very easy read and very, um, it, it didn't have a lot of fluff in it, which was good. Mm. It was just very concise to the point, like, this is what this book is about. Here are like three different ways that, uh, that I can show you, or I, he, he can show you how to, how to serve your clients with albums. And it, it really helped me because like, uh, you know, I, I grew up in a, a fairly, uh, low income family and, um, and asking for more money just seems weird. I'm like, you're already paying me thousands of dollars to photograph your wedding. And then when I come back at you, like, Hey, give me a couple thousand more and I'll give you this book. (laughs) Um, and it just, it felt salesy. It felt kind of like, you know, we think of the, the sleazy car salesman type people of like, you know, trying to, trying to just take advantage of, of our couples. Like, I'm just going to try and squeeze out a little bit more money. Um, but the 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 mindset shift uh, through reading that book was like, no, this is a service to my couples. Like, it is a service to mm. create these albums and these heirlooms, this legacy that's going to outlive them, mm-hmm. um, because these albums are are great quality. That you know they're going to go on for a hundred years or more, and um, and it it also like you know going through at my grandparents' house, just like their old. Uh, wedding album, which was, you know, with the sleeves and you put the little four by six uh, prints in there, uh, which is very different than the photo albums that, that hey we man, make. I used to deliver um, those types of albums to my clients back in the day too, when I shot film. Oh yeah. I totally yeah. did it. Yeah. And, but uh, like at the same, the, the same thing, those also tell the story. They may not be like as pretty or, you know, the user experience not, might not be as great as the, the newer albums that we do, but still, having that and going through and looking at their like 12 wedding day photos that they used to take in yeah. like, you know, the thirties or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that was really impactful. I'm like, this is something that I could serve my clients with that is going to, 
you know, whenever their kids are in their th- or their grandkids are in their thirties, they can be flipping through this, watching the story of their wedding day, um, and that that really helped me to where I wasn't feeling salesy and I wasn't like trying to get more of their money. I was like, no, this is a service. Like this yeah. is, I want this for you. Mm-hmm. If you go through me, that's awesome. I can give you an amazing experience. If, if not, please go do something, print your photos. Don't just put them on Facebook. Like they're, they're gonna, I want them to live a life and not just die on a computer. Yeah. Um, well, and, and so, shout yeah. out, I have to give a shout out to kiss too. Um, yes. Kiss.us is, is Sean's album company. Um, we're talking about Sean Austin, who's the owner of kiss. And, uh, it, as you pointed out, John, beautiful products. I've had the opportunity to go to their, their, um, production facility and it's really cool actually to watch that watch that process i mean literally handmade albums um like where you have individuals that are they're folding the leather over and they're stenciling or you know running it through the machines i mean but like individuals involved in these processes and it's almost like an intimate process that the building of these albums is really really cool so um, yeah, I want to I want to give Sean and Kiss a shout out as well, and I appreciate you sharing that book. We'll link to all of this in the show notes at bookapodcast.com yeah. for everybody listening in. Um, we've got about twenty minutes here, John, and and I want to dig into our our main topic for today, which has to do with bringing genuine energy to the customer experience. We talked about customer experience earlier and the significance of questions, how to create conversation. Uh, I want to take it a step further, and you actually leading up to the conversation today, you talked about hearing. Um, how photographers were treating customers almost like a number, and that's honestly it's kind of surprising to me in this day and age where you know word gets around so so quickly. It doesn't feel like companies can really get away with that anymore. But what did some of those conversations sound like? What like and how did that strike you? Yeah, I uh, same. I was like, well, really, there are people that like don't care about you. They're just like. Yeah, just a number, whatever. Like you're gonna be another one of the weddings that I photograph this year or next year or whatever. Um, but yeah, from talking to couples that uh, either met with another photographer and just didn't feel right, and then they met with me and they're like, "Okay, I feel known here." Um, so thank you for that because we met with so and so, and like they just weren't interested in our wedding plans, and we would talk about the special things that we were planning and like they were excited about their wedding day. And then the photographer is just like, okay, well, um, here's my quote. And, um, you know, if y'all approve that, that's great. If not, you know, if I'm out of your budget or whatever, then, Mm. you know, you can go find someone else. And it was just very, very cold, uh, for them. It felt very transactional. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, some of them were even waiting days or weeks to get responses once they filled out a contact form. Um, which it's it's is crazy for me because uh, I I want to show up like as soon as I can, um, not just to be one of the first because I know that there is a statistic that people tend to go with the first person who gets back to them um, whenever they're reaching out to multiple people for the same job, but um, but also to just show the excitement of hey you're getting married this is awesome like I'm excited for you mm-hmm. I want to let's get started right away um, we don't. I don't want to just like have you sit in my inbox and then be like, oh, hey, yeah. So, um, you know, if you're still looking for someone, I'm available that day. These are my prices because uh, it, it just feels cold. And that's what they were uh, a, a few of my couples, uh, especially recently, have been telling me that that's what 
that's the uh, the user experience that they were getting from other photographers. Wow. Um, which is uh, it's still yeah it's it's amazing that 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 people can. Uh, treat people that way in this day and age yeah. where, uh, especially in the photography industry mm-hmm. where we're so about, uh, community and, uh, about being authentic and, you know, being almost friends with your couples and your clients. Well, and I mean, despite, and in fact, because of all the technology that we have, the easy access quote unquote that we have to again, quote unquote relationships with people online actually interacting with somebody in person, having a conversation with them, even if it is just over the mm-hmm. phone or Zoom, but certainly in person, if we create a, a sense of warmth and genuine interest and desire for connection, um, I know there are always going to be the exceptions, but most people are going to respond to that because they're not used to it. I mean, it is, it is odd that it still happens, that people are being treated coldly as a potential client or a client. But the reality is not everybody, even if that's not happening all the time, not everybody is getting a a genuinely warm, genuinely kind person who is genuinely interested in their wedding day and in serving them, uh, which I think is a really important word. I mean, you used that word in reference to to albums earlier, but um, I I love that word because it it suggests a certain humility and again, a genuine Mm. kindness to the experience that you're providing this person that you are giving them a service and doing so with a genuine warmth um, that I think will really make us stand out. So I want to talk about how you do that more effectively. And, and actually, leading yeah. up to our conversation, you talked about four ways, and I'm just going to read this list that, that you sent to me, four ways that photographers can bring genuine excitement to a relationship with their wedding clients. Number one was to show interest in their plans. Um, number two is giving insight to their planning. So they, they share the plans, and then you give some, some insight or some context, maybe some suggestions or advice, and we'll talk about that in a second giving gifts. And then number four was cheering them along through the experience. So let's first start with showing genuine interest in the client's plans. I mean, this may seem like an obvious conversation, but I still don't think it is because I've had way too many interactions with people, whether in the photography industry or out, where you know that the person talking to you, they may have a smile on their mouth, but they're dead in Mm -hmm. their eyes. You know, you're not getting a genuinely kind individual. So talk to me about how you or how you would suggest photographers show this sense of genuine interest in their clients' plans as, as they're leading up to the wedding day. Yeah. And, and I know like some, some listeners may be thinking like, okay, genuine, authentic, like those are buzzwords. Like we don't, everyone's been talking about that for years. Uh, But when you are actually genuine and, and authentic in your excitement and enthusiasm for the couple, it does come through. Um, I think they became buzzwords because people were saying them, but then not following through with actually being authentic. Um, well, and if, but, I can, yeah. if I can add a little caveat too, I think a lot mm-hmm. of, sadly, a lot of the conversation around so-called being authentic was really not about people around us. It was about, it was a very selfish conversation. Like there's a certain, certain amount of insecurity and, and not quote unquote being myself or being authentic. It was really a conversation about how we felt, not a conversation about how the person on the other side of us felt in the interaction. And so I think it's important to make that distinction because what we're talking about here is how do we make the other person feel? And are we genuinely interested in that? And I, I've talked about this in the podcast before, but like when I think about genuine intention, I'm, I'm literally smiling as I'm typing any, you know, a smiling emoji on my phone. I'm texting somebody like that kind of internal intention, which is I am trying to communicate this or I'm trying to give this particular experience. 
Mm-hmm. That's genuinely going on inside of me. And I hope more consistently, even moving forward, I want to be better at that personally and professionally. But that's what I'm talking about here. Does that, does that make sense? Does that vibe with you? Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and a lot of that genuine enthusiasm comes from, uh, I, I try to, if I'm meeting up in person you know, at a coffee shop or something, I'll just get there a little bit early, sit in the parking lot, and just try and clear my mind. Um, and I know it, it may sound a little, you know, yoga E or whatever, but, hey, no, but no just spending, here. right, exactly. Yeah. And like, I don't do yoga or anything, but there's something <laughs> about now, if you were still uh, doing yoga in your car, that might be really interesting. I'd have right. To, like, yeah. Just doing warrior pose in the backseat. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, just like spending that little bit of time. Cause you, you sometimes will bring things from your life into client meetings, um, especially over zoom or, you know, you know, coming straight out of, uh, the living room with the kids or having a bad day at your nine to five job. And then you're meeting with someone and you bring that energy in, um, just having a little bit of quiet time to just focus and be like, okay, and, and I try to say their names um, because me with a lot of people, I don't always remember the names, um, but just be like, okay, this is going to be a great time for, and then, you know, their names. Hmm. Um, and, and then just uh, trying to come in with that blank or fairly blank slate to where I can be excited for them. And I'm not thinking about, Oh yeah, well I still have to go by the store and get all this for dinner tonight. And, <laughs> uh, you know, all, all the to do things yeah. that we have. Yeah. Um, but really showing up for them, uh, fully. Um, I but like then, that. yeah, yeah. And, and I know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert, uh, I believe, uh, <laughs> the tests have shown that. Um, and I, I know that there may be some introverts listening that are like, you want me to be enthusiastic and have excitement? <laughs> like this sounds terrible. Um, because like my wife tells me that I live like between a four and a seven, I don't get like overly emotive. Um, okay. and I also don't tend to get very sad, just kind of live in mm. the middle. Mm. Um, but you can still show up with enthusiasm, um, by, uh, by listening. Uh, that's one of the things that I try to do is I ask questions about them and then I listen and then I ask follow-up questions. Uh, so, like you know, like earlier, the the questions uh, that we talked about, like the you know, how did y'all meet? When did y'all start dating? I, I had a couple recently that like I asked those questions, but then I asked follow-up questions. So I asked how they met, and they met in college. And they were like, yeah, we were both you know doing ocean engineering, um, and then we met, and then just kind of like reconnected after college. And I was like, that's cool. And instead of just going on into when did y'all get engaged? I was like, I don't even know what ocean engineering is. Is yeah. that like, like in my mind, I'm thinking marine biology, but I don't know. And then they're like, Oh no, it's like mapping the oceans? ocean floor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, they went into what they had learned and it was, it was just like that little moment of, I care a little bit more than just, okay, cool. You're ocean engineers. But, um, but I wanted to know what exactly that means. And now I know about ocean engineering and like dredging, uh, channels for ships to go through in the Gulf of Mexico and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, that's not something I would have known. And it, it ties me in a little bit more with them and it shows that I'm interested in them as people and not just yeah. as clients. Um, cause I can ask all the, the wedding related questions and, 
And that's more of the business side, even though it may not mm-hmm. feel super businessy. Mm-hmm. That's what they're there for. Um, but whenever I start asking about like what uh, what they do and um, and what what music they listen to, um, that's that's a, a big thing. That, you know, I curate a playlist during engagement sessions, so I like to to know what kind of music they listen to, and if we are into the same bands. Sometimes we go off for a good 30 minutes talking about cake and mute math and stuff. And just like, okay, yeah, <laughs> let's get back to your wedding. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but like that endears them to you Absolutely. a little bit more too. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it takes the informality it, out of it. I mean, they, yes. you're, you're, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's cool cause you might learn something from it, but you're giving them mm-hmm. a sense of significance and showing interest in what it is that they do, what they specialize in, what they're passionate about. And mm-hmm. that makes all the difference in the world. Again, most people aren't used to very many re- interactions, say in a week's time frame or a month's time, where somebody actually shows that kind of genuine interest. And I, we have so much still to get to, so I want to keep going. But yeah. I, I want to yeah. add one caveat. You're talking about introversion. We've actually spent quite a bit of time on personality types and so forth here on the podcast because um, I, I think one of the things that happens when we there's a tendency i think a lot in our in our industry in particular because you talked about introversion in particular i i certainly mm-hmm. labeled myself that way for for a long time um there's a tendency whether conscious or subconscious to kind of get stuck in that box whatever that label is right the personality yeah. type the enneagram the 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 pers- the introvert extrovert etc um but when it comes to the client what i would want to encourage all our listeners to do is to step beyond whatever the label is that you subscribe to for the sake of the client if if we make it about ourselves and how we feel and how we label ourselves versus making it about serving the client then i think we kind of miss an opportunity to create a better experience if if i go into it saying like certainly i would have for for a very long time um i am an introvert so I just don't talk a whole lot and I'm not really into the, you know, that kind of interaction. I'm just going to get through the questions, get the information and go because I'm an introvert. The reality is what happens on the other side of that, the person on the other side of us, what they experience is somebody who's like doesn't really care that much because the energy that they bring to the conversation is so low. It's monotonous, right? right? Yes. Um, so oh, yeah. I love that you're being intentional despite your tendency toward introversion, that you're bring, yes. being intentional and bringing that energy in a way, in this case, very specifically in, in the, the, the way that you're engaging, the types of questions that you're asking. But it's intentional and it brings a sense of significance to the other person. Uh, I would encourage all of our listeners to, to do what John is doing, which is to step beyond that label. And I think we can all do that in one form or another and make a better experience. I agree. And I think that's so important to do just in life in general. Um, because like you said, like for years I was, I was labeled an introvert. I was a bit more on the quiet side. I tend to be like the one in the group that was listening and would be like, you know, chime in with like a witty remark or something, but I wasn't the the outspoken person. And I kept telling myself, well, I'm not the outspoken person. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm quiet. I'm an introvert. I, you know, don't, get along with people very well. I'm, I'm more secluded by myself. I feel good reading a book or watching a show or whatever. Um, but I was kind of like pigeonholing myself into this thing that I had been told, or I like, I took a quiz online and it said, uh, you're in INFP or whatever the, uh, Myers-Briggs stuff is. Whatever the initials. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't even remember it now. I just know that it was an I. Um, but, but yeah, I like, I think there's a lot um, uh, like the, the power of words are, it's crazy how powerful words are. And if you can speak into yourself and like, okay, I may be, I may tend to be more introverted, but 
I'm going to try to show up. Like anytime that I go to a networking meeting or something uh, for like local wedding photographers or professionals, I tell myself like, okay, meeting new people is scary sometimes, but I'm going to try and meet three people and like have a genuine conversation and ask a follow-up question. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes that three leads to more because I get in the groove. I'm like, Oh yeah, no, I'm feeling good now. Like, I don't feel like I don't know anyone here and I'm awkward and alone. But Uh, but the key there is that you were intentional. You decided to do that thing. It's not like Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I grew three extra noses on my forehead and I'm going to ignore that. That These, these labels aren't something that we're stuck with. They're, they represent behavioral tendencies Mm-hmm. that we can make adjustments to, that we have the ability to step beyond, but it does just take a choice. Sometimes it may be uncomfortable, but it takes a choice. We can choose to move beyond those. And that's just the thing that I want to continue to encourage all of our listeners with. And again, I, I love that you're doing that and that you've made that intentional decision or series of decisions uh, because right. we're all capable of that. But when we talk about, so we, we start off with um, showing genuine interest. And really, it seems to start with this idea of clearing space. And I love this because I don't think any photographer I've had in the show in 500 episodes or so has talked about it quite this way. Clearing mental, emotional, psychological space for the sake of the client before going to that interaction and then looking for ways to help them feel significant by engaging them in conversation about them, not just professional conversation, but personal conversation about them. I think those are really great ways to, to help them feel significant. Um, talk to me a little bit about insight that you give to the planning process. You actually told me there are four specific ways that you do this. What does that look like in the conversation with your clients? Yeah. So, um, one of the first things is, um, I, I provide resources to help. Uh, so being, I mean, even if you're in the industry for like, you've done three weddings, you have more insight into weddings than they do because the odds are that's probably their first wedding. They may not have ever been a bridesmaid or groomsman or whatever. Um, So you have a little bit more insight and you can be like, Oh yeah, my last wedding, this happened. Um, But you know, I, I have um, like an engagement wardrobe guide, which is just pretty simple. I just talk about how you don't want to have like clashing uh, colors or clashing patterns and then a bunch of inspirational photos and it was pretty easy to put together but Mm. that's probably the one thing that people are like oh this is amazing like i was dreading trying to figure out what we were going to wear for our engagement shoot and having resources like that like a sample timeline help um, preferred vendor list you know if there's people that you enjoy working with that are amazing and also treat their their couples in a genuine way um have a preferred vendor list. You don't have to have it publicly, but you can share like, Oh yeah, you're looking for a caterer. Mm-hmm. This caterer over here, like they're great. They actually walk through all these things and like mm-hmm. ask you what kind of, uh, what kind of food you want. Um, and then I have a wedding planning guide. That's like 120 something pages of just like a bunch of stuff from, from over the last uh, few years. Um, just a bunch of tips and help and tricks. And did you uh, say 120 and- pages? Yeah, it's like 128 pages. Whoa. <laughs> it's it's, like some, it's is a it little little massive. Like a booklet um, or something that you give to them? It's uh, right now uh, cuz I'm I'm updating it. So okay. I have it as a as, as a PDF online. Um wow. and I can just scroll through that. I have a a link in their like little client portal in my uh 
client management system where they can just go in there for reference. And, uh, but yes, uh, I'm working on getting those printed, uh, to where, you know, little, uh, it's a little magazine of, <laughs> uh, of all those, Simplified all those tips and bit. tricks. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. so the first way then to give insight to the planning process is resources. And I, I think that's really great. Yes. You write that even again, little, little things can go a long way sometimes, just a little mm-hmm. bit of guidance can make a big deal. But if, if we put that in a tangible resource or, or a downloadable one, if that's, if that's preferred by the client, um, that's something that can be super helpful. What's, what's the next way? Yeah. Um, the next way is I, I'm open um, and I let them know, hey, I'm here for you. And uh, sometimes like just them knowing that they have the ability to ask me questions uh, can go a long way. Uh, my couples know that they can call, email, text me, they can DM, and I'm going to get back to them within a day uh, most of the time. And um, and just knowing that they have that open line of communication of, hey, we were thinking about maybe doing a first look. What are your thoughts on that? Um, which they, I don't get that question because I'm very open about what my thoughts are on first looks. Okay. Um, I love them. Uh, but yeah, I, I let my, my couples know that they have that open line of communication. If they have anything, even if it's not photography related, sometimes I'll get like, Hey, we're, I'm looking at getting this veil. Do you think this goes well with this dress? I don't get that a ton, but I have had those questions and, uh, and just, I let them know I'm, I'm open and available for you to just like bounce ideas off of me through the whole process. Okay. So um, providing resources, tangible or otherwise, but then being mm, one yourself, letting them know yeah. that you're there as a resource if they ever need to reach out to you. Okay. That's great. I'm, I'm literally taking notes here on a notebook. So what's the next one? Cool. Well, my next one is taking notes. Um, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and, and, and I have a tangible notebook. I don't, have it around me right now. But yeah, I have a tangible notebook whenever I'm meeting with them Mm. either on zoom or in person. And I'm taking notes of like, Oh, they're ocean engineers. Let me write that down. Maybe I can look up a little bit more about that or I can, uh, it, it really helps me remember things about them. Um, that way, if I'm just going out throughout my day and I see something that reminds me of a certain couple, I can send them a text or a DM, or I can, I can email them and just be like, Oh yeah. Hey, I was thinking about you, uh, today and just started thinking about your wedding. How are things going? Do you need any help mm-hmm. in the planning process? Yep. And just, it helps me to keep them in mind as we're going through. I like uh, that. It's, it feels so much more personal that way. They feel more significant because you thought of the detail. They, yeah. They're like, oh my word, he was paying attention when I told him this thing. And um, I also like that you have a physical notebook. Something I, I've had, I don't know how many conversations with people when I've gone to meetings with business partners or otherwise, or I'm, I'm taking notes on my phone or maybe on my computer. And I'm like, just know I'm taking notes. I'm not randomly texting people, but if right. just so that they don't feel like I'm ignoring what they're saying. But if you have a physical notebook now, there's no question so I kind of like, as much as I'm a digital guy, um, I like the idea mm-hmm. of that physical notebook just because it does feel like you're a little bit more present with them. Um, little, yes. I don't know. Little side note. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and with that, uh, the one of the reasons that I have a physical notebook is because I can usually maintain eye contact or at least keep my yeah. head up. Yeah. And I can write a quick note. It may not be super legible <laughs> um, and it may not be on the straight line sure. of the journal, but sure. like it's in there and I can reference that later. I can put it into the notes in my client management system later. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, that it's way a good I thing that, I, that our listeners don't have to look at my handwritten notes because sometimes I'm writing, <laughs> writing so fast. There's no way they'd be like, what? Nora, is that a three-year-old that wrote that? <laughs> right. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. My, right, mine so are the same with, way. Uh, providing resources, tangible resources mm-hmm. or otherwise, and then being open individually as a resource. Yes. Taking notes number three to look for opportunities to give further assistance down the road. It, it could be little yeah. details and, and it really does make a big oh, difference yeah. when somebody's like, oh my word, they thought of me. What's number four? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so number four is, um, I have a Facebook group and it is, it's just a group for any couples, not even my couples, but it's just open to anyone to come in. And I share tips and tricks from, uh, from wedding planning. Uh, it's very photography centered, but I also have other, other tips in there and I'll bring in other professionals to share their expertise as a DJ or florist or efficient, whatever, um, that I, you know, I've been asked like, what, what flowers are in season in the fall? I'm like, I have mm. no idea, <laughs> but I've got a friend. She's amazing. Let me bring her in. That's she knows cool. everything about flowers. That's really cool. And, and it's a way that like, I'm not really, uh, showing up for them because I don't know these things, but I'm being uh, kind of a conduit to yes. people with knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Creating and also like, I, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and also like I'll share articles that I find online about wedding planning or about certain aspects of weddings um, that I can share in the group and just be like, Hey, I found this. And, and, and this is really interesting. Like, you know, top 10 places to elope in Texas. What do y'all think about this? Or just like kind of put it in there for people. Um, and I don't always get feedback, but I tend to get feedback in person. Like I recently met up with a couple, didn't even know she was in this group. And she was like, yeah, whenever you go live in your Facebook group, I'm there like every single time. I haven't asked any questions yet, but like, I'm loving what you're, what you're sharing. I was like, that's awesome. Like, I didn't even know you were there, but so cool. Well, it sounds like, I mean, I, man, and if, if we had had that resource, the Facebook group as an option back when I was shooting, it just seems like such a powerful oh, yeah. resource, not only for mm. the sake of conversation, giving assistance to an individual client, but ultimately building a network. Like imagine yes. that you, you get to be like little mini, uh, I don't know, that maybe it sounds a little dramatic, but building this little mini empire, whatever marketplace that you're in, which is this network mm-hmm. of key vendors that are working together to create these awesome experiences and clients hear about, oh my word, you've got to work with this group. Um, I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of opportunity there. It's really powerful stuff. There is. Yeah. And, and like, that wasn't the the focus whenever I started sure. it, but, um, if I've had it for probably two and a half years now, and I recently got a phone call from a coordinator I've never worked with, but she knew that I have this Facebook group. I give education, like I have IGTVs and stuff like that, that I'll, I'll do. And she was like, Hey, you could probably help me with this. I have an out of state couple they're looking for this and i was like oh yeah yeah here go check out this thing and she's like okay cool that's but cool. like i came to mind when she was looking for a photographer in my area and uh and that's that's awesome like that's what we want is to be front of mind for exactly for people. yeah well, John, um, as would probably be expected with two podcasters, we're, we're over the hour mark here. So know, um, yeah. we're going <laughs> to we're going to try to finish up here to, to respect everybody's time. I want to respect your time too. Um, yeah. talk to me briefly about gifts. This is the third way um, that you were talking about bringing a you know, better energy or a better, well, just a stronger, more genuine energy to client interaction. Gift giving yeah. many times can be a bit robotic. I mean, it's easy just to throw together a gift bag and give to him, say, Hey, here you go. Um, right. How are you 
more intentional in that process to make it feel more genuine to, again, bring that really great energy. Yeah. So, um, my welcome gifts are, are pretty standard, like, uh, cause I don't really know a lot about them up front. If, if I do, if we have like a two hour consultation, um, which obviously I can talk, um, it's, I might know a little bit more and I'll, I'll put something in there, but it's usually about the same. Um, and I try to do something, uh, in education. I have a little educational book for them, like as a couple, um, little mini book, and then also, a a date night and at, in like a date night in. Um, but then after I get to know them a little bit more, uh, sending a gift later on before the wedding or bringing it to the wedding or even like a post wedding gift, uh, I can, I, I I can just kind of look for things that that stood out as I was getting to know them. Those okay. notes that I was taking earlier, and I can be like, oh, I think they would really like this, mm. or you know, I I think that they, uh, you know, they're they're really big into the TV show Friends, so maybe I'll get them like a framed print uh, with like their first kiss, and it says like you know the one where we got married underneath or something like that, sure. and yeah. like that Friends font, yeah. uh, something that that's a little bit more. Um, tailored to them um but yeah like for gifts my my rule is like about three percent of their package price goes towards gifting i know it can get pricey yeah that's Uh, cool though they have that specific number in mind that's really interesting yeah yeah and it's you know around sometimes sometimes it's a little bit less sometimes it's more um especially if i'm doing something custom it might be a little bit more, but if, you know, they're spending about $3,000 for their package, that's like 90 to a hundred dollars. Sure. Um, and that's, that's still a pretty significant gift. Yeah. Um, no, you, you can get really creative with something like that. I think that's great. Oh yeah. But that's an interesting twist on it because I used to do gift bags as well for our clients. I mean, we had clients that were spending seven to $10,000 even on wedding packages. Mm. And so it, it only made sense to give them nice gifts. We worked with a local, it was kind of a floral shop slash gift shop named Sophie's really, really cool place that still exists, I think to this day, but they were very unique. And so we, we worked with Tamara, who's the owner to put together um, a series of gifts for these clients. It was really fun to give it to them. And that was nice, but to add the personal touch, the way that you're talking about where you get to know them and now you have a gift that's actually created or purchased specifically for them based on what you've gotten to know about them. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's, that's a really great, tip for for our listeners the last question that i have has to do with cheering the client on through their wedding experience and you know they may sound cheesy to some it may seem obvious to others maybe there's uh-huh. just a big question mark for others listening in or watching but um what is it that you do and and you actually told me ahead of time there are three different ways that you do this with your clients how do you actively cheer them through their wedding experience yeah so one is i befriend them on social media um I, some people are like, well, I don't know. I don't want to reach out. I'll reach out. They can decline my request. And that's cool. I've had couples do that. I'm like, all right, that's fine. Um, also a lot of people find me through social media. So we already have that connection, but befriending them, I put them into a saved folder. Like you can save posts and then put it into an individual Mm -hmm. folder on Instagram. And I do that. And I just have one for my couples and every now and then I'll just scroll through their stories. And if I see that, you know, they found their dress, I'll, I'll type on, you know, I'll, I'll leave a comment and just like, Oh, that's amazing. You're going to look so good on your wedding day. Can't wait to see it. And those kind of interactions as we're going and just being excited, or if they're leaving for their bachelor party, I'll just be like, Oh, this is amazing. Whatever. Um, and just those, uh, those touch points to where it's not all business. Um, 
And the same with emails. Like I'll send emails that aren't just logistics, aren't just like, hey, it's time to plan your engagement session or here's a questionnaire for your wedding day timeline. I'll just send them a thinking about you email like kind of kind of like earlier uh, having those notes sending those or uh, you know this wedding last week had these really amazing centerpieces and I know you had talked about like not huge centerpieces and they had some more low to the table but still massive um, and I thought about you and here's a photo of it um, and that kind of stuff that's not so businessy but brings in that relational aspect into your emails um, and then lastly, the third one is I try to be proactive. Um, so I don't want my couples asking me anything. Like if they don't ask any questions, that's awesome because I want to anticipate the questions that they're going to ask throughout the whole planning process and then provide the answers before they even know they have the answer or the questions. Um, and, and that can be, I mean, that, 120 something page wedding guide as part of that. Um, <laughs> I think you over delivered on that one. <laughs> yeah, a little, a little bit, That's a few awesome. questions they probably don't even need, but, um, but yeah, having, having those answers, uh, one helps them and like relieve stress because they don't even have to think about these now because they already have the answers. And two, it sets you up as a professional in your industry. Uh, and they're like, okay, yeah, we made a great choice. And they're going to tell everyone about you because you're the professional. You know what you're doing, and you answered all these questions before they even had them. Well, okay, so I'm, I'm, I was trying to read back through my handwriting here because I was, I was writing okay. quickly as you were talking. <laughs> but, but these are good. Again, super practical, simple, practical. Number one, engage them on social media. Um, and mm -hmm. it, it is interesting. People are used to engaging with their friends on social media. So the idea that a vendor would just throw a quick friendly comment into the conversation on a post might just take it a step further and encouraging that personal relationship. And like you said, some clients oh, yeah. may not want that, but if the opportunity is there, um, right. if that's the vibe that you're trying to create, then a great opportunity to do that. Second, extra communication, especially via email to provide encouragement and or resources, additional resources. And you were talking earlier about taking notes to keep up with the details associated with their day. If that triggers an idea, a resource or otherwise that you can pass on to them, great opportunity to further build a relationship that way to bring really great yep. energy to the relationship. And then third, be proactive in educating and managing expectations. I, I love that. I think that's super impressive. I, it's something that I want to continue to do a better job at with at Photographer's Edit, for example, because expectations management, education and, and expectation management is really one of our biggest challenges. A lot of photographers getting into outsourcing their editing, it's, it's a kind of a foreign concept and they're nervous and they're apprehensive and they don't have mm -hmm. a lot of information context to go along with it. Certainly, this is the case with a couple, especially if it's their first time getting married. They're like, oh, what do I do? And when it comes to photography, especially, like, I don't know what to do in front of a camera. And they don't know that they're supposed to do it this time of day and the light and all this other stuff if they haven't read, read about that. So proactive education, yes. expectations management, that's huge. And I, and I love how you summed it up by saying, if they don't ask me any questions, I'm doing a good job. I think that's, yeah. that's a brief and, and really powerful way to sum that up. 
Thanks for your, your patience, John. I, I know that we went over a little bit long, but I, I appreciate yeah, all no, of it. I've enjoyed this. This has been been a lot of fun. And well, I know you, that I'm long-winded as no, well. No, 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 but you, you uh, shared a lot of very straightforward, <laughs> practical information, which is, as we were talking about for the podcast, it's my number one goal hit the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it, a lot of times it's not about like the super deep, earth-shattering ideas. It's about the simple stuff and showing up and doing that simple stuff consistently yeah. that really makes the biggest impact. Um, and I think this conversation highlights that. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm going to pop up the, uh, the, the URLs. That sounds kind of old school. I'm going to pop up the <laughs> website, uh, the, the web address here, Light Dark Co. for your podcast. And then also allheartphoto.com for everybody listening in or watching uh, is John's photography website. And then make sure you follow him on Instagram, allheartphoto on Instagram. We'll link to all this in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. Um, John, I appreciate you making time for this community as well today. Nathan, thank you so much. This has been amazing.